1: On this episode of the Multi Multiamory Podcast, we're talking about taking relationships to the next stage. The breakup stage, that is. I mean, kind of. Kind of the, the friends after breakup stage, that is. Is that better?
0: Sure. Okay. Friends after breakup stage, sure. So,
1: even Google knows that this is a thing. When we were preparing for this, I typed into Google how to stay friends, and it auto-suggested with your ex mm. after that. And uh, this is a topic that is near and dear to our hearts. Uh, So let's talk about our experiences, as well as some more general advice about this, some studies about it, and even some things about the people you maybe shouldn't try to stay friends with after you've broken up.
0: Yeah. So our dear Dedeker is not with us today because she is currently in the air made it sound like she died. No, I'm sorry. Our I said today she's no longer with. I said not no longer but just like yes. she's not with us at this particular moment in time because she's, she is in the air.
1: She's on an airplane.
0: <laughs> not like in the air to the beyond. Yes, But just like in the air on an airplane.
1: She's in the air probably somewhere over the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. At this point in time. The,
0: the Strait of Gibraltar or something.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't
0: is that a thing? I don't know where that is. I don't know either. If it's on the way to Japan or not. But anyways, you are missed, Dedeker, and we decided to do this episode without you. Yes. <laughs> uh. So, Emily, can you explain why this episode, or, like, why
1: this topic is near and dear to our hearts, yeah. meaning yours and mine specifically?
0: Yeah, well, we, we went on this tour, this tour that was two weeks, and it, it was almost really truly the entire month of, like preparing for going to Tucson, Arizona and doing this like intense, um, multiple workshops and like just our time in Tucson, like you guys visited my mom and everything. And then also it was us going on the actual tour, um, for two solid full weeks together and then coming back, um, and doing a show here in LA. And so it was just a very long time of like being really together. The three of us Yeah, in like it, I mean it just closed quarters so I was struck by how interesting that all was during this time and like how myself like fitting into the dynamic of the two of you like how that was and how I felt about that um because it is different obviously like than what I would have done had the three of us all been in a romantic sexual relationship together and I, it, it just struck me like, huh, I want to explore this a little more. And I want to talk about this because I, I didn't exactly always know where I fit. Like there are times we joke about this, that like, mm-hmm. we all get into our podcast mode. And like, sometimes like the claws come out and we get a little like, rah, 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 <laughs> especially the two of you sometimes. Uh-huh. and And I tend to like fit into this mediator role. And then when that's not there, like, when all of us are, like, super getting along, sometimes I'm like, well, how close can I act towards them? Like, how close, or can I insert myself into, like, their intimacy? Is that not okay? Like, it's just an odd, interesting place to be in, and I'm assuming some of our listeners out there feel the same way. So I just wanted to talk to you about that today.
1: Yeah, so I guess to give a little bit of context for those of you Mm -hmm. who are maybe new listeners, we're like, what the
0: fuck are they talking about? What the fuck are they
1: talking about? Uh, when we started this podcast four years ago, uh, we Emily and I had been in a relationship for a few years. Both of us were in relationships with Dedeker mm-hmm. and... Um,
0: Brad. Well, not you, but I, Dedeker and I were in a relationship with Brad.
1: Right. And so we were all kind of connected in this triad mm-hmm. slash quad but each relationship sort of stood alone. It wasn't like a couple dating a third or anything like that. Like each relationship existed independently as well as in the way that they were all interconnected like that.
0: Yeah. And there were moments in that quad and triad situation that like were the best times of my poly life for sure. Mm -hmm. Like there, there were some really like beautiful, amazing moments during that. But then obviously things changed like a lot of upheaval, a lot of like difficulty Um, a lot of tension occurred and like basically the entire thing just like blew up and scattered to the wind and through that jace and Dedeker and i were no longer in a romantic relationship with each other i was not in a romantic relationship with either of them but obviously they have remained in a sexual and romantic relationship together
1: however Mm -hmm. we've stayed close friends through that
0: yes and
1: it's changed a little over the years it's evolved we've you know obviously been business partners doing this podcast together yeah and how long ago was this because in my mind it's like oh that's just the other day <laughs> god damn it because to me everything was just the other day no
0: i know i mean in ways it feels like just the other day but then in ways it doesn't it, like it three was three years ago it was around um let's see i uh, like around early march 2015
1: okay yeah. so yeah when like all three, of that changed yeah when yeah, all of little, that changed over three years ago now yeah yeah oh we should have celebrated our breakup <laughs>
0: first <of our story. laughs> yeah well yeah. we were we were like doing other shit like yeah, planning for <laughs> planning a tour. for this fucking yeah. tour that just happened yeah yeah so i mean it did it did change drastically and honestly like you and i were still living together for a while. Yeah, and we still lived together for, what, a couple months? Until, like, July of that year. Right, so, so for several for months. several months, yeah, June or July of that year. Right, after yeah.
1: breaking up, mm-hmm. which, you know, essentially if we were to look at it more from, like, a relationship anarchy point of view, mm-hmm. meaning that we ended the sexual and sort of, like, romantic, affectionate part of our relationship at that point. Yeah. Um, but stayed close, but it wasn't wasn't like we instantly went to being super comfortable and best friends no i mean that definitely took some time
0: well and we'd like you even had talked about like well you know we can do this like we're different than other people we can try Mm -hmm. and our our lovely chiropractor dr mike was like no move (laughs) out like move out and i think in a way like he was right like we did need that distance Mm -hmm. from one another like i was able to move in to a place by myself for like three months and that was really lovely. It was like a really nice time for me because I had never done anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And then I know you like, you like I got would, roommates and stuff. Yeah, to, and maybe had a nice in my place with me. healing process from that standpoint as well. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And we've
1: talked about this in the past, but it's been a long time since we've discussed this. Mm-hmm. And essentially, for us, it was about right around the six month mark mm-hmm. where we both sort of realized that we'd hit this transition from this thing where we we worked well together, we still cared for each other, but there was definitely like trying to renegotiate how do we act around each other, like yeah. what is this relationship now, mm-hmm. Um, you know, feeling hurt about it sometimes, to about six months to mm-hmm. where we, we both separately had this realization and then talked about it together of yeah. like, hey, we just hung out, and it was cool. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it was, was really good. cool. Yeah. Um, and it was that of Florence and the Machine concert. Yeah. So maybe it was the magic of...
0: Of the concert. The healing magic possibly. of
1: Florence and her machine.
0: Yes. I mean, always. <laughs> Absolutely. She did great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: but so it did... There was definitely, like, a transition time there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're not here to say that we did this the best way. Sure. Um, it
0: wasn't perfect by any means. But I do, like, I do really appreciate the fact that it's a testament to how we were able to, like, get through shit and come out on the other side, like, so well. And um, that we have such a powerful connection still. And with Dedeker, too. I mean, that was a much, like, shorter relationship for me, obviously, than it was with you. But still incredibly meaningful and powerful in my life. Um, in different ways but I think that that's that's really important as well And I think
1: what's also important is the fact that those relationships have continued
0: yes to evolve
1: to to yeah to evolve and to grow mm-hmm. um, like yeah. I think that the way I... because I've definitely had, breakups in the past you know especially when i was younger where we'd break up and we'd say we were going to be friends mm. and sometimes we would kind of give it a go at being friends and just kind of wouldn't after a while were those
0: like really intense relationships like you were engaged for a while like what it happened there yeah. did you try to be friends with her um we stayed you know we stayed civil with each other mm-hmm. but it was
1: definitely like a you know i was very hurt by that i think she was also upset by it like both of us were were definitely like no like Hmm. we we you know we stayed like i said we've stayed we stayed civil and i think now like you know we're still facebook friends like i'll see her updates sometimes about her you know husband and her kids and Mm. all that sort of stuff yeah um and you know, part of that's that that we wanted sort of different things from our lives and, totally. and we've gotten them. So in that way I don't think either of us are sort of holding out this like, man, that was my one shot at happiness and <laughs> I lost it. No. Of Which course. would definitely make that a lot harder. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But but in those cases though, it's like, you know, I barely have any contact with her. That's not something that's you know, like an active relationship in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had other relationships with exes, some of whom, like, I would say that we're friends now, but we don't talk a ton, you know, we're more like, kind of old friends, maybe would be a way to think Mm. of it. Because it's like, yes, we shared a lot of time together. So we have some closeness, but it's not like we're currently close or that we actively still hang out a lot. Yeah, with very many of those. Now, more recently, um, you know, you're the the biggest example of this for me Yeah. someone who I feel like I'm even closer with now Sure. than I was when we were together romantically, partly just because there's been more time.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, more we have time a huge of, amount of history. Yeah. It's going on eight years now. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: you know, we're, but I feel like more recently, I definitely have more... Uh, exes who were still friends, again, like maybe hmm. not a- as actively or seeing each other as often. But it's like, yeah, I think of them as, as good friends because they did sort of share this part of my life where mm-hmm. we were definitely very close for a while. So that even after some times gone by, which I think is important, like we said, it took about six months to like yeah. get a sense of normalcy with hanging out a lot. Business-wise, yeah, yeah in all that, the time. In that time, there, and you know, I've been living together for part of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if you if you weren't kind of in a way like forcing yourself into that situation, it could could even take a little bit longer. Yeah, but there's something actually really nice I found about like restarting those relationships.
0: Sure, I mean, there's such a narrative out there with other people that I've talked to that, like, if you have a relationship and it ends then you cannot be friends with that person anymore like you you it, it's done like it's terrible mm-hmm. it ended like everyone's upset and like you never fucking want to see that person again Yeah it's
1: the whole like it's called a breakup cuz it's broken
0: Yeah thing. i guess or or something to that degree which is really interesting to me because i never have really felt that way i think i had like one or, or maybe a couple relationships where I was like, yeah, I do not need to see that person again. But right. for the most part, like I've remained at least cordial mm-hmm. with the people that I've been with before. Like I, I have, a, you've met a ton of my exes over the years. <laughs> and like, yeah, Josh just met an ex of mine. Like we went to, um, this guy that I did it in college, we went he was doing like a cocktail party type thing. And we oh, went nice. to that and like tried a bunch of cocktails for a new restaurant that he's right. opening. And that was a blast. And like it was it was really fun. So to get back to kind of the core of why we're talking about mm-hmm. this today, this mm-hmm. is a question we get a lot. Like you yes. you mentioned
1: this it's something that you definitely hear people ask you um both about like what our deal is and yeah. also like how do I transition a relationship from being romantic to being a friend.
0: Yeah. And people ask stuff about you too, if they know about like me and you, and they're like, wait, is Jace still dating Deniker? And like, oh, like how do you, how do you feel about that? Like, how do you Mm. fit into that? And I'm like, great. Like, (laughs) no problem. Like it's, it's good. It fits well. Right. And it's, 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 I don't
1: know. It's such an interesting thing because we are taught, that there's this huge difference between being romantic with someone and being friends with someone and that Mm -hmm. you can't be one with the other or like that, like the sort of the common idea. And we're going to talk about these in a little bit here about some studies and statistics about this. Yeah. But just the idea that, um, being afraid to like have sex with someone you're friends with because we have this idea that sex ruins friendships, mm, mm-hmm. right? Or the idea that, you know, on the other side, we have the thing of like, oh, the the ideal romantic partner for you is someone who you've been friends with first. Yeah. Right? Like, especially for me being raised Christian, that was very much like the narrative you're given. Oh,
0: fascinating.
1: Partly because that's because you're not it's having like sex You're not going to have sex
0: with your friend, but then... Right. When you are united under God. Right. But then
1: once you finally realize you're in love with each other, then you can have sex. But you already had to have that friendship first. So much
0: tension. You know each other so well. (laughs) God. Yeah.
1: Yes, God. Uh, (laughs) And, right, so there's there's like that side of it. Mm -hmm. And then the other side where it's like we divide, or, or not the other side, but like related to that is that we separate our relationships by whether they have sex in them or not
0: yeah and that i think is so interesting and and again we'll we'll get to that but like this idea that a person is not as important in your life if you're not having sex with them yes and that's sure. that illogical fallacy it's just uh, it, it's too bad because it also causes things like you know you will bail out on your friend before your lover or something, or if, if you're having sex with someone, that means like they automatically get like the plus one or they get just Mm -hmm. various benefits that your friend doesn't get. Even if that
1: friend has been in your life
0: for longer, yeah, way longer. longer. Yeah, exactly. And so I just, it is kind of unfortunate how we place so much emphasis on these romantic relationships over our friendships. When in reality, like you and I both know, how incredibly important like this relationship that we have and the relationship that i have with Dedeker, how important those are and that like i wouldn't want to bail out on you guys for anything you know right yeah yeah even though maybe i have sorry if that's (laughs) ever happened (laughs) i think i do a pretty good job considering we have a fucking business and need to like stay on task but yes for sure and that's not to say
1: that like just because someone's your friend means you have to you know, be at their beck and call every second of the day. Sure, yeah, but. But, but there is this, I think, what, like what you're getting at is this assumption that because yes. you're having sex with someone, they're always going to trump every Everyone other type else. of relationship. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that for polyamorous people, there's like a little bit of a breaking away from some of the traditional narratives, mm-hmm. but that one is still so strong. Oh, yeah. It, there's, like, two parts to it. One is this that idea that the same thing, that, like, you're going to prioritize your relationships that are sexual over your ones that are not, mm-hmm. and that, like, the ones that have sex involved, which tend to be the ones we also call the romantic relationships, yeah. are just categorically completely different from the friendship relationships.
0: Yeah, when in reality they're probably not in most ways. Yeah. I mean, obviously in some ways they might be, but really, like they could be more intimate in various ways. Uh, are you familiar with the book, Save the Cat?
1: It's a no. it's a book about screenwriting. Oh, yes.
0: No, you've had it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, I, you've I, had it for I have many a copy years. Of it. Yeah. It's yeah. a
1: super famous book about, you know, writing films. Yeah. And in it, uh, the author, he breaks down, you know, different genres and talks about sort of key components that mm. need to be in those different types of genres and sort of what tend to make good versions of that and what don't whatever anyway so one of the categories is a Mm rom-com right it's a romantic comedy and so he kind of talks about how like there's this thing where there's the two characters who are you know interested in each other but often start out like either hating each other Hmm. or or something happens early on that drives them apart
0: Very much like, uh, who is it? Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan and You've Got Mail. Sure, yeah. Yes. There's
1: like, either they start off hating each other or they like each other, but something drives them apart, whether it's some kind of lie or some kind of like other obstacle or something. And then by the end of the movie, they overcome that obstacle and then they get together. Mm-hmm. And then he defines another genre, which he calls the buddy cop mm. movie, which is doesn't have to be cops, but that's sort of the, the you know, yeah, like super bad prototype of it. Sure. But yeah, it's like the buddy movie. It could be uh, I love you, man, yeah. or, or dumb and dumber or right, there's like, which is
0: totally a romantic comedy, too. Well, so that's the thing is
1: his definition in that book of what is a buddy cop movie yeah. is exactly the same as a romantic comedy, but with no potential for sex. Huh. And he even spells they that out. It's like, like these two two maybe formats. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> but these two formats are exactly the same as each other. Mm-hmm. It's just one has potential for sex and the other doesn't.
0: Fascinating.
1: And it is like, it does break down to being like even writing movies. Like, mm-hmm that's it like just that alone we define it as a different genre even though all the pieces of it might be the same
0: yeah so okay if you want to become a friend with your ex it's not going to happen immediately like we found that right yeah i and even we when we were in boise uh we went to an amazing class with cunning minx and lusty guy from, uh, all, from polyamory weekly yes from polyamory weekly um all about how to like the art of the breakup was right. what the class was called um and and cunning minx talked about like it might take a long time to to go out to coffee or out to dinner with your ex like it may, might take like six months to a year And that's something that we didn't really do. We just like kind of dove right the fuck into it. No, we didn't. And part of it was that we had a commitment. Yes. That we we had had a child. We had a podcast child. Well, but so uh, just to be
1: real, though, Mm -hmm. like for a lot of people, staying friends with an ex is about an actual child. Yes. Not not just a podcast baby. Yes. Which doesn't wake us up in the middle of the night crying, right?
0: (laughs) Although we might wake up in the middle of the night (laughs) crying about it. That's the difference.
1: <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, but, right, like, there there could be some sort of practical, yeah. pragmatic reason keeping you together, mm-hmm. or it could just be a choice that you're making, but either, or, you know, it could be, you know, other factors, maybe you own property together, or, right, there's there's a whole host of reasons. Yeah. But if you don't have those, or even if you do, like, the, the example that Cunning Minx was making was having a breakup and the other person being like i hope we can stay friends and mm-hmm. go out for coffee sometime and she's like yeah absolutely i just need a little time to to recover and kind of regain my sense of self oh and, and that like, amount of time is going to be a year
0: yeah they were like <laughs> okay like a week or something and they're like no like a year and <laughs> right. yeah cutting makes us like "Nah." and long, you know long
1: time. that might might vary person mm-hmm. to person a little bit but i think that a lot of people make the mistake, and I've definitely done this of feeling like you can just make this very smooth transition from being romantic and like super involved in each other's lives yeah. over at each other's places all the time to being best friends right after that. It's like, oh, it's simple, right? We'll just remove the sex and the romance part, but we're gonna stay best friends.
0: But like how many of us have fucked our exes? Uh, you've never done that. Uh,
1: I mean, probably. Yeah, come on, come on. Uh, but, but I mean, but not even that. But just like trying to stay friends. But like, oh no, sure, being shitty to each other or just, yeah, like, like the at possibility for that, stuff.
0: totally.
1: Also, I remember, actually, yeah. After so, when you and after you and I had broken up mm-hmm. and were like trying to be friends, we had some conversation where, um. I forget even who was saying this because I feel like this has come up in a lot of times with exes trying to be Hmm. friends is the sort of like, well, I don't feel like you're being a very good friend. Hmm. Uh, And the the comment that was told to me afterward was, you know, it's funny. Like I was telling a friend about this and they were like, you know, what's funny is that I think the only time I've ever heard someone say those words is when they're an ex trying to be friends.
0: Yeah. Because friends don't—you're absolutely right. Like friends don't say that; they're just like, "Well, he's like fucking weird today, or whatever. <laughs> Who cares?" Right? Or just like, "I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt because, like, I don't care." Mm-hmm. It only only if something catastrophic happens, or if like it's a it's an ongoing thing of like this friend being shitty, would you have to examine that? Right. But yeah, you're right. In and, those types of relationships, it's like, well, what constitutes a good friend, and are you actually just like? transferring onto that person what you believe a good friend or not should be.
1: Well, and I think part of the challenge is recalibrating. Sure. It's this idea that, like, how do you recalibrate Mm -hmm. what this relationship should be going from a romantic and especially, you know, romantic and sexual relationship where it brought with it all this like cultural baggage about how important this should be, how prioritized it should be, Mm -hmm. all these sorts of things, whether or not those are things we should be bringing to our relationships is maybe a topic for another time. Yeah. But we still have those. Even if we try to fight against them, they're still culturally given to us. Then trying to be friends, it's this like, what does that look like? How much time is that? Like, what is that? What do I get out of this relationship now? Like all those questions... Don't really have clear answers right away.
0: No, I mean, absolutely. And again, like it takes time and it takes a little bit of distance, I think, to be able to start answering those mm-hmm. questions. So, we also wanted to talk quickly about friends with benefits because this is something that we've been like on about when, in our relationship anarchy classes that we've had at the two conferences we went to over tour. Yeah. So, there's a couple, stu- there's a study that we were talking about. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. So, I think this one's interesting because. We, like, in talking about all this, about mm-hmm. how to be friends after a breakup, it's like, ooh, yeah, like, you can't really do that right after, or maybe people are thinking, like, oh, uh, maybe it is a breakup because it's broken, mm-hmm. and, and you don't, you shouldn't do that. And a lot of people will give you that advice, right? Yeah. It's like, don't try to be friends with an ex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then people also, like I said earlier, think about this with friends with benefits of going, well, I'm friends with this person. I don't want to have sex with them because I'm worried that'll it's ruin, gonna ruin it. the relationship. Yeah. And so in 2013, there was a study done at uh, the University of Louisville in Kentucky louisville
0: louisville in kentucky i lived in (laughs) in cincinnati it's right across the pond from a the river louisville
1: louisville 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 in kentucky uh and this uh study surveyed over a thousand college students and first of all the second most common reason for people saying why they were hesitant to get into a friends with benefits relationship was because they were worried it would ruin Mm. their friendship yeah um, the first most common being worried that they would develop feelings for the other person that wouldn't be reciprocated. Oh, shit. Which sounds like being interested in anyone to me, but yeah. <laughs> whatever. no, totally. It's uh, like
0: that's always an issue, potentially. Yeah. yeah. But
1: anyway, so amongst these 1,000 college students, there were 300 of them who had had a Friends with Benefits in the past year that had already ended. Mm -hmm. So sometime during the past year, they'd been friends with benefits with someone, but it ended already.
0: Meaning like they're just not fucking anymore.
1: Meaning they're not having sex anymore. Okay. And what's interesting is that 80% of those people said they were still friends with that person.
0: Fascinating. So
1: the idea that like, oh, that's the end of a friendship, statistically not true.
0: Only 20% is that true. Right. Yeah.
1: And, and, And if I think about friends I had in college, like, that kind of happened anyway. Like Mm. some you stay friends with, some you don't, right? Like it it changes over time. Totally. What's more though, is that 50% of those people reported feeling as close or even closer to this former friends with benefits than they were before they had started being friends with benefits. So before they had started having sex, that they felt now even closer or just as close as before. So 50%. Yeah. So again, like looking at all these statistics and just being like that notion that like sex is the thing that's going to ruin a relationship is absolutely not true.
0: No, totally. I mean, I think at the very least, like it's interesting to talk about the way in which our society views sexual relationships and friendships, like that sex is going to ruin a friendship Or that like a friendship will be ruined, or that like a a relationship with someone will be ruined by trying to be like friends with them instead of having sex with them too.
1: And on the other side, yeah, if you're not having sex with someone you're romantic with, sure, that's the ruin of that relationship. No, exactly. That's what people think, right? It's like, oh, if you're not having sex, it must be because you don't love them.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, or you don't love them like in this way that that is as Mm -hmm. intense and intimate as a sexual relationship. So. That's why we bring up friends with benefits because, again, like it's this weird idea of what our society is like placed on this specific type of relationship. And we're saying like that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Yeah. All those ideas. So also another thing that we wanted to talk about was this Oxford University study, um, which found that most people out there have a core group of five friends or close family members which is interesting. Like if you if you go back and think about all the people in your life that you're super super close to that you see on a regular basis, Oxford University found that the there's five people in your life. It's about five. About five. It can sure. Vary a little bit. But so there's also this idea that when like a significant other comes into the picture, that that number drops to four. So the significant other takes up one of those spots, and then also like I think gets rid of another person. So. That's really interesting because I know, like, for myself, I've definitely, like, dropped the ball on friends when a Mm -hmm. significant other came into the picture. Less so now, for sure. But when I was a kid, like, when I was in, I think, like, high school, like, even my best, best friend... At times, like, if a significant other wanted to hang out, I would be like, yeah, sorry, James, like, I gotta do this. Like, even in the middle of hanging out, like, I remember Mm. once I did that. And he was super upset about it, like, super offended. And he should have been because that was shitty of me. But, yeah. But it's so normal. But it like, is.
1: I, I feel like I've definitely done very similar things. I've yeah. had friends do
0: it to me. And it's not like looked down upon because it's like, well, you know, they're, they're the most important person. Like they're the person that you're spending the most time with and that you should be. They are entitled to that time. Right. And so your friends just need to deal with it. And that's kind of fucked up. For sure. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting idea also like if your significant other then becomes your friend like, are they making this, like, lateral move from, like, <laughs> one of the five They had to take over... up one of those five. Yeah.
1: And now they just still stay in that five.
0: I don't know. But then that's the question of, like, well, if another significant other comes in, like, are they going to be the first on the chopping block or not? I don't know.
1: Well, yeah. And I think that is maybe a whole other discussion. But yeah, we've often talked in polyamory about how, like, love is infinite, but time is not
0: Sure. Right. I know that that's very true and unfortunate that like one has to like limit it potentially to this amount of people. But you're absolutely right that like not there's not enough time to see and do everything in one day. So I don't know.
1: Right. Or one month or or one year or whatever. Yeah. Totally. And so I think part of this too, and I think this is important when... Like, oftentimes after a breakup, especially if it's one that's difficult, even if we do want to remain friends, but mm-hmm. it's but it's tough for us, we'll tend to lean more on our friends or our family members for yeah. the support that we need. And so because of that, like, we might also have less time for that ex-partner who's now trying to be a friend, mm-hmm. uh, That that, like, taking that into account, and I think having that sort of buffer period of, like, yes, let's do that, but let's not place this expectation that we're gonna be besties right away sure and want to like do movie nights every week right away like i know a few people who've done something like that and claim that it has worked for them but so very few yeah compared to the number who've tried to be friends and have not yeah right
0: and i think it's important to look at like why you're why you're deciding to be friends or be friends right away with this person. And Mm -hmm. I think we're going to get into that.
1: For a long time now, we've been fans of AdamandEve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also
0: That's Multi, M-U-L-T-I, at AdamandEve.com, AdamMail.com, or Eve'sToys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast, and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I.
1: Okay, so we were teasing this a little bit earlier, uh, but the ideas of relationship anarchy, and we've done a couple episodes about relationship anarchy, which you can go back and listen to. If you go to, dot uh, com. there's like a search bar. and Which it's actually, most people don't know about. Most people don't know about it. It's actually my, skip favorite, right it. my yeah. favorite feature of our site, actually. And I didn't even know that when I installed it on our site years ago. <laughs> but now it's become that? No, it is. Honestly, like anytime someone asks me a question about, have you ever done an episode on this? Or have you ever, do you so have like, any shit, resources I don't know, let's this? look. I type, like try some things, put them in that search bar. Mm. Um, and especially now that we have transcripts for our episodes it's searching through all of that as well. So we're getting even better results on more recent episodes since we started doing transcripts. Well
0: done past Jace. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Uh, But anyway, I highly recommend checking that out, but we've done um, a couple and also there's some blog posts on there about relationship anarchy. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely a good resource for learning more about that. But essentially the, the sort of core idea there is taking away that hierarchy that we were talking about earlier, where, Someone you're having sex with or who you're romantic with is always going to fall into this category that they're more important than anybody else. Yeah. And instead, it's about customizing your level of commitment with all the different people in your lives. Uh, With all the different people in your life. Lives.
0: (laughs) Your multiple lives. All your lives. Your past and future lives. Yes. But yeah, no, and, and I appreciate that too because it can, if like, for example, your relationship in its current state isn't serving you, then you can decide maybe together or by yourself just like the best way in which that relationship can serve you. For example, like maybe you and I, we were like not as good romantically, but we decided like, hey, let's take the parts of our relationship that really work and continue to work and develop those. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah. Which is fantastic. And that those can change over time. That's true. Like nothing is finite. Nothing is like, well, you know... It's all dynamic and nothing is static. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that like even something like that about like how your romantic life is together or Mm -hmm. maybe how your sex life is together or maybe how well you do at living together. Sure. Right? There's a lot of things that maybe at one point in your life might be a good fit and at another point in your life might not be. So maybe right now that's not a very good fit Mm -hmm. that as long as you're able to work together and to talk about those things and to give each other space when you need it and not try to force each other into a certain type of relationship. Like we were saying about that, like, well, you're not being a good enough friend, that kind of thing that like, there's, there's that aspect of it. Um, But also like in the future, you might be good at those things again, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it might be circumstances in your life out of your control, or it might just be changes in your own life or in their life. Yeah. Uh, But the fact is that that those things can change and as long as you're willing to give each other that space for those things to change, then they can.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a very like intentional way of doing relationships, because again, it doesn't like it's not any prescribed thing. That says, okay, we're moving upon this escalator. And like you're, I think you talked about this, that your brother once upon a time was like, well, if I don't Mm. move in with this person, then that means like the relationship's over. Right. But for example, you know, you and I moved out and weren't together anymore, but we still like continued our relationship in a different fashion, Mm -hmm. but it still was there and still was really meaningful.
1: Right, and in that way, as we said, moving out actually led to kind of feeling like, oh, great, like Mm -hmm. now we can be a little closer. Yeah. Yeah, so that's definitely been something that's changed. Also, like in my relationship with Dedeker, while still being romantic and sexual, we have sometimes large chunks of the year, you know, like five Mm. months apart in different countries, right? And then we'll also have many months at a time up to even like, close to a year where we've lived together yeah while traveling sure so it's like we can go back and forth between those states Mm -hmm. and it's it one of those doesn't mean the relationship's doing better and then when we're apart it means the relationship's doing worse yeah that instead the relationship just keeps going there's just certain like circumstances of it that change
0: totally yeah yeah very relationship anarchy it's yeah, good totally yeah so it, there definitely can be challenges with all of this like for example that on, on tour yeah it, it, what was difficult for me was that like i i saw both of you as people that i had ha- that i had been intimate with like sexually and then i saw both of you like as this separate entity from me like, existing in your relationship bubble to a certain degree, like your romantic relationship bubble. And I didn't always know, like, how to incorporate myself into that because, like, I was not going to be, like, a part of that romance with you. And yet, like, I still obviously mean a lot to both of you and you both mean a lot to me. But I found myself, like, trying to figure out and juggle at times, like, where I fit with that. Um, so, I don't know, which is interesting. I, I don't know, like, exactly what to say about that, but just to, to be, like, mindful about what where you exist within the lives of, like, your friends, and that that can also change over time. But it, it just, like, it, it was an interesting thing for me, and, like, you and I and Dedeker were in... Tokyo last year. Mm-hmm. And I know that like we kind of had some like airing of grievances, like especially you and I were able to like talk through some stuff. I know when Dedeker and I were together um, in, in Bulgaria alone, like we were able to talk about some stuff that happened like regarding our breakup. And that was really important for me. Um, and I think just again to to be communicative, especially if like a relationship matters deeply to you, mm-hmm. that's a really important thing to go through, even though it can be potentially challenging in the moment.
1: Something that I've I've thought about actually when we were talking about that earlier mm-hmm. is that when you're. You know, when you're transitioning, like when Emily and I broke up and we're remaining friends, it was definitely difficult for that first while, because I think there Mm -hmm. was definitely hurt on both sides. And, you know, even if we felt amicable about it, like there's amicable about it. There's still (laughs) some things that you're hurt about. Yeah. And, And, you know, we talked about some of those things. And then, like we said, around six months, like things all of a sudden felt much better. Yeah. But I think what's important to realize is that those things still might come up again. So yeah. like that conversation you mentioned in Japan, where mm-hmm. we both talked about those things again, mm-hmm. of kind of like what some of our hurts were at that time, or mm-hmm. like the things that we perceived at the time, or how we felt at the time, Yeah, that we talked about those things. And that was, you know, two and a half years after totally. it had happened, that it's not like sort of we've talked about it we've clarified it we're done no totally
0: it like still can come up and like things things can like change and evolve even within your Mm -hmm. perception of what occurred and like how you fit into that and not saying like it was a blaming thing or whatever it was just like hey like this is something that still is challenging
1: yeah yeah and it and it was You know, it wasn't like a happy conversation, obviously, but it (laughs) was, but it was good to be able to talk about those things and Mm -hmm. to be very real with each other. And I think that's something that, for at least in my experience with you, Emily, Mm -hmm. like the more time has gone by since then, the more, um, I guess, sort of the more like clear and honest i feel like we've Mm. been able to be with each other sure because it tends it like it doesn't feel as much like you're trying to blame the other person for something
0: yeah how fascinating that is because
1: there's some time separating you. sure
0: no i mean absolutely but like even when you're in like I know for myself sometimes when I'm in intimate romantic relationships, like it does become this like tit for tat thing Mm. or this like thing of like, well, you know, you're doing this to me or you take something so much more personally than when it is a friend and that and again to like air those grievances in a way or like discuss them in a really proactive and like mature way as opposed to maybe when, we would have been together talking about those things and, like, there would have been a lot more emotion behind it. Not mm-hmm. that it wasn't emotional, because it was. Right. But still, like, you're you're able to speak about it in a better fashion, And like perhaps. Less, less
1: defensiveness. Yeah, totally.
0: Sure. Totally, which is really fascinating. It,
1: you know, it's interesting, actually, in talking about that, I mm-hmm. found actually the same thing. For me, even with Dedeker, Mm. in our relationship, talking about stuff that happened further in the past. Yeah, I can imagine. And I imagine our listeners, too, who've been in a relationship for, Mm -hmm. you know, a longer amount of time have definitely found something similar where, like, you can talk a little more frankly about things that happened longer ago. Yeah. Because it doesn't have that immediate, like, I'm saying you're bad. But instead, we can talk about the situation a little more objectively because we have more distance. Yeah. In this case, distance in the fourth dimension of space time. Uh, <laughs>
0: yes. 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 I get what you're saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because, like Emily was saying, and you know, we won't get into to all of this now. But like around that time, three years ago, there were there were a lot of changes mm-hmm. and a lot of like difficult things that happened in all of our relationships, each with each other and also with Brad and other people in our lives that like Mm -hmm. a lot of things really got shaken up around that time. Mm -hmm. And Dedeker and I are also able to talk with each other much more frankly about that now. Yeah. And like really honestly help each other understand ourselves better Mm -hmm. by saying, well, this was my perception of what happened then. And these were things that I noticed happened and, you know, whether that's, like, because I'm seeing a similar thing with you now or I'm noticing how different you are now, mm. that we're able to have those conversations in a way now that we couldn't yeah. a couple years ago that's when great. it was fresher. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I've definitely found that with you and I. Sure. Like you were just talking about, that we were able to, you know, to talk, with, to talk about all that. To yeah. Like really be be honest about kind of the the hurts we were still holding on to sure and allow each other that time to to talk about that yeah
0: and to process it, which i think again is it can be a really important thing for our listeners i'd I'd like to think just to give yourself time but if you still do have a relationship that is out there that you hold on to and that that you're friends with still and things like this come up, like mm-hmm. maybe that time will give you the ability to talk about it in a better fashion, or just like a less intense, less emotional fashion, maybe.
1: And I think that's part of the importance of giving that space to, yeah, and allowing that transition oh, to sure. happen.
0: Even on like a, a super micro level, like in in disagreements that you have with anyone, like mm. giving a little bit of space, which for me as spewer is really difficult in the moment, <laughs> yes. but it can be very good. It can yeah. be very good to like give just a slight amount of space. Um,
1: and this yeah, this brings us to the question of of why stay friends with an ex?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot there are a multitude of reasons. Like obviously for you and me, we we wanted to like we we made that a priority mm-hmm. from the beginning. We were like, no, like we still want to be in each other's lives. Like there's still so much good here and we don't want to let that go.
1: And I think there there were a number of factors, right? There was yes. that there was the like, podcast. There's still a lot of good here, but then there was also a sort of a logistical thing yeah. of the podcast. We still had this together, which it was, was something...
0: very young at that point. Yeah, but we knew sure. that we wanted to continue it, and we really were committed to that. Yeah, yeah. So
1: we, i we found this study when when I typed into Google earlier mm-hmm. how to stay friends with with an ex, an ex, yeah, <laughs> uh, and. The One of the studies that came up was a 2017 study that came out of the University of Kansas. And this particular study was looking at people who have stayed friends with an ex Mm -hmm. or have tried to stay friends with an ex. And one of the things they found is that through some surveys that they did, they identified four main categories, like four main reasons why people will choose to remain friends with an ex. Mm -hmm. So the first of those is security. And by security, they mean, like, I don't want to lose the trust or the advice or the friendship that I have with this person. Mm. The next one is practical. And that's like we were talking about. You have a podcast together or you have a kid together or you own a house together.
0: So ours is like both of those things. Right. So I think we had
1: both both of those aspects in ours. Yeah. Uh, The third one is civility, Mm. which is more like, well, I don't want to hurt this person. I want to be kind to them. I think there was an aspect of that one as well. Sure. Uh, and then the fourth one is unresolved romantic desires. And this is you, you decide to remain friends with an ex because you still feel like you're in love with them and still yeah. want to be romantic with them. And so, first of all, they identified these four reasons. And like like we were saying, you might have some of each of those. Mm. But if you get really honest with yourself, you might see like, I think I'm definitely more... In this category than another, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely like former or parents who for sure still like have you, kids. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. in one specifically probably for a, a big reason. Right. Um, so what they
1: found in this study is that then they looked at two things. They looked at how long those relationships, like how long those friendships, lasted after mm-hmm. the breakup. And then they also looked at how positive those relationships were. And, you know, positive meant, you know, feeling, you know, good, feeling like you're getting something good out of that relationship. It's a relationship you value. Hmm. And negative being feeling things like jealousy and depression and heartbreak and, you know, a lot of negative emotions tied to that relationship. And what they found was that people who stayed friends because of either the security reason or the practical reasons, led to the most positive friend relationships after a breakup.
0: Interesting.
1: And then the one that's really interesting is that the one that was unresolved romantic desires resulted in the most negative relationships, like feeling the most jealousy and upset Mm. and depression and heartbreak about that friendship, which isn't necessarily surprising but the really surprising part is that they also were the longest lasting friendships.
0: Fascinating.
1: So not only were they it's not like giving you what on. you wanted, yeah. making you more unhappy than they're making you happy, but they also tended to hold on to them the longest.
0: Jeez. And this, yeah, or Oof, I know yeah. that's, that's really tough because it does like go into the next thing, which I wanted to say, which mm-hmm. is like. Who are these people that we shouldn't maybe remain friends with? And that's mm. a good example of one, like someone maybe who we still harbor these feelings for, but they have moved on from you. And it's not necessarily and it's kind of an
1: attempt to not let them
0: to not let them go entirely. and move on exactly. Yeah. But like when when somebody can't let the relationship go or when somebody wants different things than you do, then maybe that's a good sign of, like, okay, I need to let this go. And that can be really difficult in situations like that when you still have, like, deep feelings for them. It can be hard to admit to yourself. Oh, yeah. It's like, like, well, no, I just, like, I don't want to, like, see them, you know, do poorly or or not, or, like, miss out on something. And, like, I still want to be involved in their lives. I care about them so much. But what are you really feeling here?
1: Yeah, and I definitely feel like I've been in that situation. Oh, yeah. In in one way or another, even even not a breakup, but like someone I've been interested in and said it, and they've said that they're not, Mm -hmm. but then trying to maintain this like close friendship. Yeah, that's a very similar thing. Of like, it tends to lead to more negative feelings than positive ones. Yeah, but also can really get drawn out a long time, and it's yeah,
0: it's like a heady like kind of needy experience. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a hard thing to see in yourself. Totally admit. Like, what are those
0: reasons?
1: Yeah. Um. But what what would be some other reasons why not to remain friends with an ex?
0: Well, obviously, this is a kind of a given, but somebody who's emotionally or physically abusive to you, like, don't fucking keep those types of people in your life. And And it's interesting, because I had a relatively emotional, emotionally abusive ex who I ended up having to live with the year afterwards in college, because we had signed, like, a over right. the summer and then broke up over the summer and then like got back to school and had to live together in this place. That's why we say
1: don't sign anything. Don't in the sign first anything.
0: Year. Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was a bad idea. But, but he ended up like after, some shit really went down and, and he was up like, we were both like really upset and, and he, it was clear that he was relatively emotionally abusive. He ended up like apologizing profusely to me. And I really did appreciate that. And I still have him in my life to a degree because, Mm -hmm. because I think that he understood like the way that he had treated me and that he had been emotionally abusive. Um, and that that was a really bad thing in my life and in his and, and he apologized and I, and I really commend him for that.
1: But that's definitely a minority of cases.
0: Yes. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know. I'd like to think that people like have the wherewithal to, to say like, wow, I was an asshole, but I don't know if they do.
1: Well, that's the thing is in, in truly abusive relationships, sure, especially if it's a systematic thing that that person is doing, mm-hmm. like, it, it doesn't tend to go that way. Yeah, you're right. You know, that it does tend to be something that will just continue whatever type of relationship it is. Yeah. And I think that what gets people caught up is that they feel like, well, if I don't stay friends with them or if I don't stay in a relationship with them, that mm-hmm. somehow I've failed. Yeah. And we have this idea that like, if a relationship fails, it means you're a failure. Sure. That's right. true. I think it's a big part of especially like for me, a lot of relationships I've stayed in longer than I've wanted to is because I didn't want to fail at mm, them because I definitely was taught this idea that you know, like we praise relationships for how long they last, not for how good they are.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like, right? Oh Someone my god, has a 50th grandma and grandpa were in a relationship <laughs> right. for sixty years. Wow! Right? But they don't like talk to each other ever.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, maybe they do, but we don't stop to ask that question. Yeah. We just go, oh, congratulations, or oh, wow, that's so amazing, or oh, that's so romantic. Mm-hmm. Like, just lasting is the thing that matters. like yeah. That's the reason to do it. Um. And that's the advice I would get from my grandparents about that sort of thing. Jeez. It's just like, that is all that matters. And, and if you're not doing that, you just haven't either matured enough or don't have enough faith in God or, you know, haven't worked hard enough or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. Like, who else would you not want to be friends with after the fact? I mean, again, yeah, just somebody who doesn't share the same hopes for the new relationship that you do someone who's pining or someone who like wants certain things from you that you can't give or just anything like if it doesn't fit the structure and the type of relationship that you want like maybe it's not the best thing
1: yeah. And I, I think that's important to bring up. Yeah. Because, you know, we mentioned like emotionally or physically abusive people, like you d- don't try to remain friends with them. Like really yeah. don't. I know it can be tempting because you might think that they need you or that somehow that will make things better or you'll get that apology you never got before. Mm. But that's most likely not going to happen. And instead, yeah. you're going to stay in that sort of you know, bad abusive situation. So really do get out of that and seek help if you're in that sort of situation to help you see that for what it is. Yeah. But even aside from like those more extreme examples, I think also if it's a relationship that you, that just doesn't like bring more positive emotions than Mm. negative ones to your life, even as a friend. Yeah. Like we talked before in that episode about the science of happy relationships of saying that, you know, yeah. 80 to 90% of your reactions, if not higher, should be positive ones. Sure. And you should have this mi- minority that are more negative, as opposed to some people who are like, 50-50 is good enough, right? But, like, that's not. Like, that's no. not a way to have a happy relationship. And, and it's not like,
0: for your friendships either.
1: And the same is true with your friendships. And I think that with our friends' friends, we just do that more naturally. Yeah. Like where we just kind of drift away from friends Mm -hmm. if we feel like this is more, it's like I'm not having a good time when I hang out with this person. You might just hang out with them a little bit less. Yeah. I mean,
0: this person is negative or whatever. Yeah. You may just like not return their calls as often. Right. Or just that you, the
1: two of you don't get along. Like Mm -hmm. it might, might even be okay that they're negative. It's not like everyone has to be happy all the time. Yeah. But maybe you just, there's some incompatibility there. Mm-hmm. that it's just not positive. And I feel like if it's just always been a friendship, we let those drift apart. Whereas if it was a formerly romantic relationship and we have this like, if I can keep this friendship going, then I haven't failed, mm-hmm. even though the romantic parts ended, mm-hmm. I think we can definitely fall into that trap. Sure. That yeah. can keep us in those relationships that aren't, that aren't serving us. That, yeah. That might actually be making our lives worse, even if... You know, like, yeah, even if we feel like proud of ourselves for making them last. Sure. That's not
0: the end all do all of the relationships. Yeah. 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 So I guess like, finally, just with all of this, like nothing is an absolute, like nothing is absolutely final when we're talking about all this stuff, like you, Mm -hmm. you might find that like even that friendship that transitioned from a romantic relationship maybe isn't serving you later on in your life you might find that like that relationship becomes a romantic relationship again like it like it can continue to change and ebb and flow over time so that's great and that's awesome and like again from the relationship anarchy standpoint Mm -hmm. like you get to decide you both together get to decide what that looks like and that's really wonderful that we as human beings get to choose that and that we don't have to like do this thing that just this relationship escalator and that's it yeah yeah with anyone Uh, yeah and that
1: not even in your romantic relationships but also in moving toward friendships yeah that i've found like the (laughs) it sounds terrible to say but like the older i get and i'm not very (laughs) old yet (laughs) but the older i get the the more i see like gosh things can really change over time Mm -hmm. i think especially seeing all the ways that like our relationship has changed over the past eight years. Yeah, from being these young kids meeting and and yeah, and I was fucking this...
0: twenty two when I met you. Jeez, such a and baby. I'm thirty now. Yeah, like crazy.
1: That like starting that that relationship to all the stages that we went through, monogamously mm-hmm. to then opening up to then being polyamorous to then breaking up and then being friends and then building to this even closer emotional friendship yeah. that like seeing all that and just being like, man, you know what? Like, I feel like so many times in my life I've given a lot more meaning hmm. to the way things are right now being like, Oh, these things are the way they are right now. Or this relationship is as close as it is right now. Cause it was meant to be or right. There's some meaning hmm. of like, this has got to be, the one or this has to be like the place I'm supposed to be or like this is the answer to all my relationship problems and instead now with a little more time perspective to see that it's just like these things can always be changing
0: yeah they're whatever they are in the moment
1: but that you're still able to sort of choose what are the good relationships in my life and then also, like, how can I make those better? Yeah. How can I be intentional? Yeah. And not just kind of accept what happens to me. Yeah. But like, be an active participant in all of my relationships, whether they're my friendships or my romantic relationships, or my business partners, <laughs> or I, yeah, or whatever. It I is. guess
0: I'm. I have at one time been all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, and I think we've done a really good job being intentional. Mm-hmm. So good on us, and yeah. hopefully, good on you all out there and. Hopefully you learned a little something from this.
1: Yeah. I think even like making the space to be intentional about them. Yeah. Whether it's even something like having a radar with your friends. Yeah. Right. Which I've
0: still never done. I need to do it. Yeah. I mean, we have our own like business radars all the time.
1: Right. Well, maybe we should do a radar. I know. Jeez. Great. Yeah. we'll we'll do that. We'll report back to you. um but yeah thank you all so much for yeah spending this sort of uh intimate Dedeker free episode
0: <laughs> <laughs> we love you Dedeker. <laughs>
1: Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, thank you all so much. And uh, if you have a question or a comment that you would like us to talk about on the show, you can call us at 678 M U L T I
0: 05. I did like a low version. Oh, that I see. Time. Yeah. I was like, I what? The off
1: key are you fucking in. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, uh, and there you can call that 678 M U L T I 05 and leave us a voicemail or you can send us an audio message on the Multiamory Facebook page if you are international. You can also send us an email at info at multiamory.com, or you can send us a message on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Just search for Multiamory and you'll find us. To support our show and join our private Facebook community and get cool things like early episodes with no ads or monthly discussion groups, go to patreon.com slash multiamory multi is created and produced by Emily Matlack, Dedeker Winston, and me, Jace Lindgren. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multi